Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Start small, regardless of how much money you have. If it's your $1,200 stimulus check, trade with $300, keep the 900 to the side. Once you start consistently making money, throw the other 900 in there if, mm -hmm, you, know, if you don't need mm -hmm, it for other mm -hmm. expenses. If you have a million dollars, trade with 50,000 of it. Don't trade with a million dollars. Learn the process. Learn how the market works and how you interact with it. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. And this is coming straight from my brand new trading course called the AI Stock Trading System. I've literally pulled this lesson straight out of the course and I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is gonna provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, I have a special guest back online, Brian Shannon from alphatrends.net. Brian, thank you so much for coming back on today. Your episode yeah. is one of my highest downloaded episodes ever. So that tells me I need to do more work with you because people want to hear from you. Well, fantastic. Let's see if we can uh, make it interesting again for people. Yeah. Well, first off, let's make sure that people go to alphatrends.net and not alphatrends.com right. because that is not where Brian is at. <laughs> Correct. So, so Brian, my thought mm -hmm. when uh, when I was in the shower today, this is when all my inspiration oh, shower thoughts. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about what am I going to talk to my guests today. My 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 thought was. Tell us some of the trades that you've learned the most from. Doesn't have to be a loser. Doesn't have to be anything where it's like, uh, you know, devastating or whatever. Because I'm sure we've all had our our own issues we've had to talk about. But what is something that you've learned the most from, and how did that translate into the lessons that you've learned uh, that maybe you implement today? Yeah, um, you know, I, I will think of, you know, perhaps my, you know, one of my biggest losers um, was, this was probably in 09, 2000. Um, I was sitting next to a guy, I was at a trading firm uh, back then, and he would come in at, you know, basically, as soon as, a half hour after the market opens each day, and then he would, he would leave before noon every day. And he would sit down and just start buying stocks that were in down, that were down the most that day. And he sat next to me. We became friends. 
uh, we sat next to each other for a couple months, and uh, you know, I used to think he was crazy for doing this, but here he was just buying these stocks that are down big. And every day he would leave, he'd be up like five, ten grand every single day. He'd leave at noon. I'd be sitting there grinding it out, making half as much money, thinking, mm-hmm. you know, this is crazy. What, what? Why do I have all this knowledge about what stocks are supposed to do when this guy's coming in here doing this? So one day he comes in, he says. Hey, Brian, I said to him, actually, I said, uh, we'll call him Darren. Actually, that was his real name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Darren. Uh, I, said, yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, Darren, you know, what are we buying today? He's like, what? We? Are, are you, you you in with me? I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, I forgot. The, I think it might have been Axion or something like that. It was a bio, Alexion, A-L-X-N. And it was down maybe 13, 14 points. And the strategy was buy every point down. So, or actually it was a half a point down. So I bought 500 shares every half point down. I had about 8,500 shares. <laughs> I started with a thousand. I had about 8,500 shares at the end of the day. I was down close to 20 grand. It was prop firm money. And I looked at it and I, you know, so I went over to my boss and I said, listen, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't hold this thing. I don't want to hold this thing. What can you know? I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cl- close this out. So I did. I, I ripped the bandaid. I sold the stock, and it was the best thing I could have done. Is is that I got rid of it immediately. You know, which, uh, who was basically my boss? I said, listen, I got myself upside down in this thing. He said, well, what are you gonna do? I said, well, I, I'm gonna sell it before the end of the day. Uh, I, I don't see any other option. I don't want to continue to hold this thing. He goes, good call. Go ahead. So I, I, you know, I took a for what that time was a really large loss, and you know, the next day I came back and I just started grinding away, doing what I was doing, and you know, the stock continued lower, and it might have been actually the stock that that put Darren out of business because he did go out of business not too long after that. Oh. So it taught me a couple of things, Chris, which is stick to your style, yeah. and my style is not buying weakness. I don't like to buy pullbacks. I like to buy strength after a pullback, and I don't like to buy a breakout if the breakout's extended. So, um, you know, I'm looking, stick to what you know works. And if you don't know what works for you, keep your size small. I mean, I shouldn't have done it at that size. I might have said, listen, I'll do 500 shares to start, and I'll average down 100, 200 shares at a time if you're trying something new. Um, but I was, you know, I, I was I was looking at, I, I was lulled into this false certainty because I'd seen him do well with it so many mm-hmm. times, even though it was a counter to what I knew in my mind was correct. So after that, I, I basically just stopped listening to everyone. And I mean that I don't listen to anyone's opinion about any stock. It, it means nothing to me because I'm just looking at the chart. And, and that's what matters is the collective psychology, the opinions expressed on the chart. Brian, that's some really deep wisdom there. I mean, you you actually covered a lot. I, I don't even think you you may have realized all the different points you touched on there. You know, there was the the uh, you know the averaging down, the losing your style, right? Um, following someone else's trades that aren't your own, right? I mean, there's so much to dissect there. Like like the number one thing that I think of, and it goes back to uh, Jack Schwager's Market Wizards. You know, Paul Tudor Jones has the big sign over his desk that says losers average losers. Right. And I don't know why, but that's just like that that thought of averaging down has never crossed my mind. I don't know. It just to me it's like if it if it's not working, I don't want to add more to it. But how did this strategy even make sense when you average down? Like that 
it doesn't seem like it works at all. Well, you know, the thing the thing was, and, and, and I will give him credit that he did have a pretty good knack at the time for the technology stocks that were doing it. Something that I've learned over the years is that, you know, when you see a, a, tech, a tech stock gap down or have problems, it'll often heal itself unless there's some kind of real problem. But biotech mm. stocks, when they gap down, they often get left for dead because there's usually something, you know, some kind of phase three trial or whatever, and it's going to take years for them to 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 set back up again. So, you know, that's that's an, I guess another little tip is, you know, if you're going to be buying stocks that are down, stay away from those biotechs, especially those little ones, because they will you know go out of business before you know it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So so some of the other things on there, like. Um you know, losing your own style, right? So this was not this was not the way Brian trades. Not and, at all. No. Yeah. It, it's and 100% so, opposite. Would you ever at that point have decided to trade differently? And well, what I mean by that is like, we all have our own style that we've developed, but at that point, had you set in stone, this is how Brian trades, but I'm going to try this totally exact opposite. Or were you still just kind of floating around trying different things? No, I kind of knew where I was, but I got seduced by this strategy that I saw making all this money. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the best thing, actually, Chris, was the fact that it didn't work uh, right away from the first time because I was hugely snake bit. I knew that's not what I do. Here I am experiencing at that point was the largest loss that I had had a, in a short period of time. And it was because I didn't do what I knew. I was seduced by a different style strategy. If if I had made money that day, and let's say I had bought, you know, the way he was buying, and I made five ten thousand dollars, and then we did it again the next day, well, I would have had this false sense of security that that is a, you know, that everything I knew and learned and trained to do up to that point was useless. I would I would be thinking, mm. um, and and fortunately, you know, he's out of business. I'm still here. I'm doing my strategy, and and I, it's it's not a comparison so much as you know it, it maybe it would have worked for him if he hadn't held on to that one. You know, oh, regardless of what the strategy is, I'm not here to criticize it. But if risk management isn't the cornerstone to that, then you're just you're going to be out of business. That's all there is to it. I yeah, absolutely. So if you were to go back to that point. Um, do you know JC Peretz? Of course. Yeah. 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 I was just talking to JC about an hour ago. Um, yeah, he, he and I were talking and, uh, I asked him this same question. I was like, if you could go back and tell your younger self at that time Mm -hmm. to do something differently, what do you think you would have done? And after you answer, I'll tell you what JC said. I would tell you, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And that was a good loss to take. That was the correct lesson. Um, that you're going to find that you're you're influenced by outside factors, you know, other people and that. But to me, it helped me reaffirm, reestablish, and have more conviction in the fact that I need to put my blinders on and do what's right for me. So it was a great lesson. It was an expensive lesson, but the the key is it was a lesson, and I learned mm-hmm. from it, and I moved forward, and it's made me a better trader today. That's kind of what JC said. He was like, listen, if, if I had gone back in time and, and tried to talk myself out of it, I would have said, shut up, old man. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. And uh, <laughs> I would have done it anyway. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've i had a couple of people on the show 
where they uh I I don't I wouldn't go as far as to say they're their fake guru status, but they they talk about how they've never had big losses and really just never had the experience of going through that. And I'm like, if you've never had big losses, you have no idea what you're doing. Right. And I don't mean that in like a uh I don't know I don't know where I'm going with that. But but what I mean by that is like if you haven't experienced the losses, you don't know what it's like to go through those and like the mental lessons, the Wall Street tuition that you've learned. That's true. In yeah. the process, I mean, I've I, I blew up my account twice before I figured things out, and um, both of those times I learned a hell of a lot of lessons. And right. I tell you, ninety nine point nine percent of my guests that I talk to all have had the same experience, right? We all have a giant lesson that we learned so much from. And to your point, right there, you know, so, Chris, I think I think not to interrupt you. I think we discussed this actually just a little bit last time because we were talking about. I think you asked me, what do I think about Robin Hood and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, that Robin Hood is allowing younger people to come in and, and make all these mistakes. And, and my answer then was, I believe that it's great. They can learn these lessons with small amounts of capital. They can learn these lessons with eight shares of Apple or 12 shares of whatever they're trading. Mm-hmm. And if they can learn those lessons on such a small scale, but the money still means something to them because that's their twelve hundred dollars stimulus check or whatever it is, and the government's going to refund them to to do it again. <laughs> hey, that's great. Maybe they yeah. do it a little bit different next time, and they learn some lessons, and we'll see some superstar traders emerge out of this who learn lessons and can move forward and really manage money. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I I you know Robinhood just got their. Uh, their $65 million fine handed to them yesterday. Uh, and I'm really grateful for Robin Hood in that fact, because we all benefited in the race to zero. I mean, I can tell you right now that you, me, and pretty much everybody out there is paying a hell of a lot less money in commissions than we were five years ago. I've, uh, I've saved tens of thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really was because of, you know, the market changed and I'm yeah. glad to be a part of that for sure. Definitely. So, so Brian, what other what other trades stick out in your mind? as like some of the best lessons you ever learned from. Um, well, you know, as I was first getting into full time trading, I was setting up an account that was um, uh, it was it was a leveraged uh, firm. They they would you know I had to put up twenty five grand, and then they would give me twenty to one buying power. So as I was building my equity towards that twenty five thousand um, dollars, I had this one company that I. I believed in it was you know they had it there was all this hype but it was called Chantel Pharmaceuticals it's not even a pharmaceutical it was a skin cream company that magically erased uh, miracles and they had all these people come on and talking about how great it was in the science and all that and I remember it was about this time of year so this was I mean it was right up to Christmas um, and and I was trading the stock really aggressively, you know, in hopes of getting to that twenty five thousand dollars so I could make the move in January. Well, I had uh, traded it and maybe made eight nine thousand dollars in this stock, and then I held it over the weekend. Um, and Monday morning, I actually took the day off uh, and was skiing with my dad in Vail. And I called my assistant because I was a broker at the time, uh, a retail stockbroker, and I said, "Hey, can you give me a quote on on CHTL?" And it had closed at maybe $19 per share. Um, she goes, yeah, it's uh, $12.38. I was like, wait a minute, that's got to be a mistake. I just, yeah. you know, it gapped down six points. Well, 
Barron's did a hit piece on it that said basically this company's full of shit. There was no miraculous skin cream technology here. And so, you know, again, that was another one. So I sold it immediately, which was the right thing because it went down to two, then it went down to zero, and, you know, it's, it's nowhere to be found anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I find that the biggest, you know, the, the, the losers or the losers that come at a time when it's that significant are where I've really learned lessons because they mm-hmm. really sting. They, but, you know, you, I tend to move from, you know, it's not like I just move from winner to winner, but when I have winners, I just move on from that one, kind of forget about it, yeah, it was a good trade. So what? Move on. Mm-hmm. And then when I get punched in the face, that's what I remember. You don't drive. You don't remember driving ten thousand miles down the highway over a five-year period. You remember the time somebody cut you off and you had a fender bender or something bad happened. That's human nature. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what other? Uh, let me ask you this: Have you ever been in a trade where your gut feeling was like, mm, I don't know about this, and then you turned out to be right? Can you think of anything like that? You know, so sometimes I, I will have a, a little bit of a piece of a stock, and I call it a just-in-case position. So I did that earlier this week with one of these little um, uh, blockchain-related plays. It really, if you look at it, it's really kind of a stretch. All I know is last time that Bitcoin really went, I put this on a list because at the time it had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. So the point is I want to have just a little bit just in case it goes, even though I'm highly skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I ended up getting stopped out of it. It was a small loss. So I don't know if that answers that that question. <laughs> no, I mean, we all we all get our losses. And, in, you know, it at the end of the year, you know, here's here's the the mental shift that I had where it's like instead of every single trade I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win every single like ticker, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and not like all at once, but like over the year, like let's say I do 15 trades in Tesla, eight of those may be losers and seven of those may be winners, but I would hope that the winners can, can pay right. off the losers and then some. That, that was a mental shift that I made. And now it's like, I don't care if I have a loser. Like I literally do not care at all. And I try and move on, but I also have to follow my plan because if I know right. I, I've deviated from my plan, then it's more on me than uh, than on my trading system. You, you know, it, it, that works well for you, Chris. I would say for some people, there might be a danger in in think of it as this ticker because if you start losing money in Tesla, then you're going to feel like, well, tes- Tesla, owes, Tesla owes me. Owes yeah, me. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I get where you're coming from uh, there. Yeah, so, I don't want to lead anybody so, down that path. <laughs> yeah, it could be a dangerous mindset. But if it works for you, like I, I like people always say, well, Brian, what do you think about this strategy? I'm like, you know, that's not my type of style. But if you're making money with it, why ask me? Why tinker with it? it it's mm-hmm. working well. We've all got to do what works for us and make the process our own and, and not get uh, distracted by Darren sitting next to you making all this money. You have to have your blinders on. You can be aware of what other people are doing. But for me, at my stage, I know what works for me. And I know if it doesn't work, it's something that I did wrong. I'm not going to blame the market. I'm not going to blame the Fed or the market makers or whatever the excuse of the day is. It's not their fault. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. I didn't get out quickly enough. I didn't read it properly. Maybe there's something I can learn from that. But I've developed a skill set over three and a half decades that I, I now have the confidence that I can say, 
I, I this is me versus the market. It's not me and all these people on Twitter who are being louder than me or whatever the point is. And if they're making more money, good for them. Great. You know, uh, congratulations. Well, you know, maybe they're making more money than you will see, because <laughs> a lot of those people, they they make their money. Right. And, uh, right. you know, they, they go into the, the fake guru status, which, you know, it, it's really sad these days that you go onto social media and there are so many posturing people right whereas like the way that i come from is like i really want to teach and i really want to serve and i love talking with people like this but if you go back to all my episodes like there is never not a single episode where i sit on a platform and i'm like hey guess how much money i made on this or you know i made x thousands of dollars today because that's not who i am i don't think anybody derives any pleasure from hearing about me grandstanding right i listened to a podcast where this guy was talking about how Whenever he sees a post from mostly young men standing in front of uh, McLarens or Lamborghinis or whatever, talking about all the money they're making, he said, you don't look good. Number one, you look like an ass because you're trying to show off. And number two, you made me feel bad about myself and my position in life. So whatever you were trying to do doesn't work for me. And I get that. I mean, that's exactly how I how I view it. Like nobody cares about my winners. What can I teach you? Why would they? It's your money. Yeah. It's your business. You right. know, and that, that's where I, I have that old school mentality. People will say, well, Brian, how much money did you make? How many shares of that? that, that Doesn't that's matter. my business, number yeah. one. And how would that affect what you're doing? Whether I made money, lost money, made, made a whole bunch, lost a whole bunch. Why was it? Why would it ever matter to you? Did you right. make the trade your own? Did you take that tweet and say, "Hey, I like this, and I that stop makes sense to me. I'm going to buy some." And if you made money, great. That's I'm not here ever. I'm not a licensed broker or advisor. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. I'm not mm-hmm. here to make anyone feel badly about themselves. I've got a lot of experience. I share some of that on on Twitter, and you know, if if it works for you, great. If you don't think so, then it it doesn't bother me one bit. Right. I had heard somebody say one time that one man's floor is another man's ceiling. So anytime I talk about stuff, I always talk in one lots, like one share, one contract, one spread, because then we're just boiling it down to its its lowest common denominator. A unit, whatever it is. A unit, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And to me that that like, I I mean, you could have 3 million or you could have 3000. But if you made a, a good trade, and your your uh, your balance increased by the exact same percentage. Percentage, yeah. <laughs> then that's really what matters. Right. Yep. So, so Brian, you know, you wrote uh, you wrote this incredible book, and you sent it to me, and and, and I'm so grateful to you for that. Wow. What's some of the things that you've learned over the year that like were kind of counterintuitive to what you would think? Like, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Sure. Um, the 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 concept of buy low sell high is taught to every person who ever aspires to be in finance right mm-hmm. but then when you get into the uh the real world and you see that buy low like you were talking about earlier means it can go a lot lower <laughs> right and uh then really like my my take on it is the uh how do it's um nicholas starvish's book how to uh, make 2 million dollars in the stock market he says you know you yeah. buy uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I made whatever. I, I get. I yeah, know yeah. Um, it's 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 buy high, sell higher, or mm-hmm. I think he called it like buy high and sell dear, or something like that. Right. But I mean, really, if you're trend following, that's what you're doing. I mean, you're buying high and selling higher. That was my biggest like 
light bulb takeaway moment of, oh, that's how it's done. Like right. a counterintuitive to what you would ever think. Yep. Well, I think that, you know, the, 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 the premise of buy low and sell high, you know, that when did they come up with that? You know, long time ago when people were investing, when they were buy and hold, but somehow people extrapolated, extrapolated that to trading as well. And that's not how you do it in trading. You want some momentum. You don't want to sit there and let the stock languish and be mentally tied up in a stock that's not you know, winning. And meanwhile, watching other stocks that are uh, doing well, you want to go where your money is best served now. And where it can continue to be, you, you know, this idea of buying a value stock uh, to me is just another name for a loser. You know, what is a value stock? They're, they're trying to buy something that eventually becomes a growth stock. Why not just cut out <laughs> the whole value part and stick with growth stocks and, right. and, and, and don't go through all that pain. Let others do the dirty work of creating a long term base. And then when it breaks out. Get on board. You don't have to spend all your time waiting for this institution to buy it from that institution and create a solid base of support. So it always comes down to time frame, too, Chris. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you have a full time job and, and all you can do is, you know, a little bit of research on the weekends, maybe, and you buy what you think is a good company and, you know, you're going to hold and your position size properly and diversified. Then a lot of times it still does it still can work, but but that's mm -hmm. not the world of trading. And we're talking, you know, and I'm a trader, so that's a completely you know different world for me. Yeah, w without a doubt. Like, I, I see your point there as far as the uh, the investor attitude versus the trader attitude, and then it's it's the the uninitiated that come in and uh, try and make that work. And, you know, you've got these uh, the YouTube ads. I, I don't, I and mean, you've probably seen them. Um, where it's like, I know exactly every day where the top is going to be in the bottom. And, and so my my uh, my system picks all the po tops and picks all the bottoms. It's like, no. I've never watched one of those videos. I've, I've seen ads for them, but right. I never click. No, 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 no. I mean, that that's, yeah. Anyway. It's a shame that that stuff, you know, draws attention and people do click on it. That they're, you know, they, but they're appealing to human nature. People want what's easy. They don't yeah. want to do the work. I mean, I do a lot of, I do a lot of work each day. I spend a lot of hours, you know, going through a bunch of stocks and a lot of, you know, different time frame charts. And it, it's work I enjoy, but it, it's still work. Mm -hmm. So how do you, uh, how do you narrow down your list of stocks? Like you were talking about there. Do you, do you actually start with like maybe a list of a hundred and start whittling it down from there? Or how do you get to your points? I have what I call my master list, and that probably has about 900 stocks on it. Wow. So once a week, I go through that list, and I have it on. So my, you know, I have four, four screens here in front of me. Um, and I, what I'll do is I'll have a daily chart, a 30-minute time frame, a 10-minute time frame. Up here, I've got a weekly, and then over there, I've got a, a two-minute chart. So each one of those tickers, I scroll through. And I put down what I think are the best candidates. I'll just, you know, I'll go through those 900 and I'll try to anticipate what it might look like for the week ahead. So if I see a stock in an uptrend that's just starting to pull back, I think, well, maybe it could pull back another day or two, flatten out on Wednesday of next week. And then Thursday, Friday, maybe it gets going. So it's not set up yet, but I want to think five days in advance. So I put those stocks on my weekly list. Mm -hmm. So my weekly list might then 
get culled down to about 150 stocks. So at the end of each and every day, I go through those 150 stocks, same process, and I put little notes next to it. And then, you know, I'll put little check marks and scribble symbols down that look like this. And then I, you know, I, I go through that. So I'll, I'll get that, you know, 120 down to maybe 30 or 40. Then I'll go through those once again, start putting volume weighted average price levels in there, maybe throw some Fibonacci's on there, try to really dig down into what's going on with these stocks and come up with probably a handful of you know, four or five good candidates for the next day. Mm -hmm. But of the other 30, I might send an alert on each of those 30. So if I think a stock is maybe a day or two early, I want to set an alert on it just in case it starts to move. Or maybe I'll even set a volume alert uh, that says, hey, you know, it typically trades a million shares. If it gets there by noon, I want to know maybe mm -hmm. something's going on. So then throughout the day, I just continue to circulate through that list of 40 and I'll just scroll down, you know, once an hour uh, I and, and look to see, are they still setting up? And I've got my little notes to say, here's the ones that are, you know, the, the key ones I want to look at and just continually updating those alerts. So, you know, first thing in the morning, I'll get a bunch of alerts that rip, you know, and I, I kind of ignore them because I, I don't really want to get involved in a bunch of stocks. And, um, mm -hmm. I've got my, you know, two or three that I'm concentrating on. So I'll ignore those alerts, and then after the market settles down 20 minutes later, I'll go through and reset the alerts because a lot of times they've just ran through the alert, then they fail. So yeah. an alert is just that. It's it's an alert. Take a look at it. It's not an action point. Right. Um, some people, you know, I do these videos, and they'll see an alert pops up. They're like, what was that? It's just a reminder from me. Don't worry about it. I'll let you yeah. know if you're going to, you know, get involved in it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I actually am the same way. I don't start trading until uh, an hour after the market opens because mm -hmm. I want to make sure everything's flushed out before I, I start dipping my toe into uh, into the water, I guess you could say. Right. So, so Brian, is there anything else that, like, let's say somebody who's uh, just off the street or maybe just out of college and or maybe even they just got their, uh, their stimulus money. Maybe, maybe we'll get a second stimulus check. Where do you think they should start? Uh, you start by doing and uh, in, in doing very small, uh, you know, trade one share at a time. You're allowed to. So mm -hmm. do it, you know, take advantage of that. Don't put it all into one and think that you've got the idea because you heard some clown being really loud on social media. Start small, regardless of how much money you have. If it's your twelve hundred dollar stimulus check, trade with three hundred dollars. Keep nine hundred to the side. Once you start consistently making money. Throw the other 900 in there if, mm -hmm, you know, if you don't need mm -hmm, it for other mm -hmm. expenses. If you have a million dollars, trade with 50,000 of it. Don't trade with a million dollars. Learn the process. Learn how the market works and how you interact with it. And it's not, you know, paper trading is okay to a point. But I love the phrase, when you commit your uh, emotions to the market, I'm sorry, when you commit your money to the market, you also commit your emotions, like it or not. And these people who are going in, you know, getting involved with options and futures and leveraging that, well, guess what? You leverage your emotions there as well. And you're just going to do stupid things. You're mm -hmm. not think clearly because everything gets magnified, not just your buying power. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I teach people to trade with options and that's mm -hmm. kind of my, my thing. Um, but I also tell them, it's like, I'm handing you a grenade. 
Right. It can either go really right for you or it can go really wrong for you. But you need to understand how this is used before you start just like jumping in off the deep end. And and, uh, and that's that's the responsible way to do it. I I don't talk about options because I don't want to handhold and tell them, you know, because I know the mistakes they can make. And and it's great that there's educators out there like you who are are taking the time and saying, here's the proper way to do this. Mm -hmm. Don't just open your account. Put everything into Tesla calls because you heard that's hot and, you know, your buddies done it a couple times. This is what happened to me. When I first started, within 60 days, I blew up my account because I bought bought all of my account's worth of of out-of-the-money spy calls. Because the market always goes up, Brian. Duh. Like, this is the most genius trade ever. So, yeah. I mean, I've been there. That was the the first 60 days I blew up my account. It's a lesson you won't forget. That, that's for damn sure. <laughs> so, hey, Brian, I really appreciate your time today. We covered a lot. I feel yeah. I, I love chatting with traders like like you and, and JC and others because it's like, I mean, we could go all day, right? It would be like if we all got around a, a round table, we could literally talk all day and all night about our, our war stories and and uh, and our passion right. at the same time. And I feel really fortunate for that. So, so Brian, I want to tell everybody, head on over to alphatrends.net, yep. not alphatrends.com. That way we can find you right. there and not uh, some crazy witch lady or whatever she's doing. <laughs> but yeah, alphatrends.net is where you're going to find Brian. And Brian, I really, really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, to come on the show and, and chat with me again. I, I appreciate yeah. that so much. Thanks for having me on again, Chris. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance.
Tim and his StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and his StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit timandstocktrader.com slash legal. And thanks for stopping by.